सहनावतो सहनो भुनक्तो सहवीर्यं करवावहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुमा विद्विषावहै ओम शांति 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 Open the 16th chapter. We read the first three verses. Shri Bhagavan Vacha Abhayam Sattva Samshuddhi Jnana Yoga Vyavasthiti Dhanam Damascha Yajnascha Svadhyayastap Arjavam Ahimsa Satyamakrodha Tyagashantirapaishunam Dayabhuteshvalolutvam Mardavam Hrira Chapalam Tejahakshamadhrutishaucham Adroho Nati Manita Bhavanti Sampadam Devim Avijatasya Bharata Bharata Hyarjuna, these are the traits that we find in a person possessing the divine wealth, <coughs> meaning that the person who wants to become divine should consciously and deliberately cultivate these traits by subduing the opposite or demoniac traits. <coughs> We discussed some of them. Abhayam Sattva Samshuddhi Jnana Yoga Vyavasthiti Dhanam Damasya Agnyasya Swadhyaya Continuing in the first was Tapaha. So Tapaha means religious discipline or austerity. Lord Krishna says that there should be in our life Tapas, austerity. Basically meant religious disciplines, <coughs> fasting on specific occasions. Also the next chapter is going to talk about tapas or austerity at three levels actually. Austerity at the physical level, austerity at the level of speech, austerity at the level of mind. The Lord Krishna said that, will say, that serving Devadvija Guru Pragni Pujanam, worshipping Devutas or deities, the pious people, the teachers, the learned people, worshipping them is considered to be a tapas or austerity at the level of the body, <coughs> meaning performing acts of worship 
to those who are deserving is also a kind of an austerity. Shaucham, <coughs> cleanliness, some of them will be included here. Lord Krishna also talks about the austerity of speech. In a way, they will be included here, speaking truth, <coughs> not hurting the feelings of others, speaking only what is necessary, austerity at the level of speech, austerity at the level of mind, <coughs> manah prasadaha saumyatvam, the cheerfulness of the mind, <coughs> gentleness. So these are, Lord Krishna talks about these austerities at the level of body, speech and mind, or we can say that tapaha, austerities, the religious disciplines that we perform. <coughs> Fasting is one of the important austerities which people observe on specific occasions, specific days, specific months. <coughs> also, refraining from eating food which is, which is Rajas and Tamas, as in the seventh chapter will be told that the food characters by Rajoguna keeps I mean, makes the mind stimulated. <coughs> People characterized by tamoguna makes the mind dull. So avoiding those things also is a part of austerity. And eating what we call sattvic food. <coughs> food which is conducive to the tranquility of the mind. <coughs> this is the austerity. There should be a value of simplicity on austerity in life. Arjavam Arjavam means straightforwardness. That's one of the qualities, straightforwardness. In the translation is said, alignment of thought, word and deed. What is meant by straightforwardness is (coughs) that my thought, the word and the deed all of them are in alignment. My actions are in keeping with my words and my words are in keeping with my thoughts. <coughs> that is called the Ajivam, straightforwardness. The absence of crookedness. When people trust us, when somebody is listening to me, then somebody is trusting me. At that time, I make sure that the person, I communicate to the person what I know is right. Sometimes we are very smart and we say things that are true, but say it in such a way that the other person understands differently. <coughs> then later on, you can always defend yourself. I did not say that. But then the manner in which I say it was such as to create a misunderstanding. Meaning that even though there was supposedly honesty in my words, there was not honesty in my intentions. (coughs) Honesty in intentions. Honesty in words. Honesty in my actions. And alignment between my thoughts, words and deeds. Is Ardhivam is rectitude, straightforwardness, honesty. 
a very important value. In English they say, honesty is the best policy. You know what it means is that, by being honest, honest is a good policy. By being honest, I'm not obliging anybody else, I'm obliging myself. That's called policy. Because when I'm not honest, <clears throat> meaning that when I say something which I know is not right, or do something which I know is not in keeping with my words, then I know that I'm doing something which is not right, and that creates a conflict in my mind. Dishonesty creates a conflict, and that creates, you know, that is detrimental to the peace and tranquility of the mind. <clears throat> All these values are conducive to enjoying peace and tranquility of the mind. <clears throat> when the mind is at peace, when the mind is tranquil, mind is cheerful, then I am at peace with myself. There is a satisfaction with my own self. And that is a state of mind which is required for knowing myself. For self-knowledge, I need a mind that is abiding in the self. If the mind is outward-looking, mind is restless, that mind is not conducive for knowing the self. <clears throat> Therefore, these values, all of them, contribute to a self-satisfaction, self-acceptance, a comfort with my own self, a peace with my own self. Ajivam, <clears throat> honesty, or rectitude, or straightforwardness is a very important value. <clears throat> Go to the second verse, ahimsa, non-violence, absence of hurting. Ahimsa, absence of hurting. <clears throat> Pranayanam, pidavarjanam. A value for not hurting other living beings. It's called ahimsa. A sensitivity for not hurting others. What we require is a sensitivity to what will hurt them. Not hurting at the physical level is a very is understandable value that we should not hurt any living being at the physical level, which is understandable, and all civilized societies would do that. It is not hurting other people, human beings. Although non-hurting or also means being sensitive to all living beings, <coughs> respecting the life to live, the respecting their uh, rights to live. Just as I want to live and live happily, all the living beings also want to live and live happily. There is a natural love for life, a natural love for happiness, a natural love for comfort. <clears throat> Respecting the rights of others. Just as I would want others to respect my right to live and live happily, I should also respect the right of all of the living beings 
of course human beings and hurting a more evolved life it involves more violence than hurting <coughs> a less evolved life hurting human being is the most evolved so hurting or killing a human being would involve the maximum amount of violence among human beings also there are those who are more evolved emotionally spiritually hurting them would involve even more violence among animals also there are certain animals which are more evolved than others like these predators like lions tigers all these ferocious animals they are less evolved than gentle animals such as such as deer such as cow they are gentler than animal is more evolved it is <coughs> so the insects which are biting etc they are less evolved insects such as butterfly etc which are gentler are more evolved just for the information not that i am indifferent to the right to live on the part of the less evolved beings but an argument is always made swami you say that we should vegetarians we should not eat meat because there's life in animals and fish and chicken they don't know that vegetarian means not eating not only beef but any kind of meat or chicken or fish or anything <coughs> any animal you know any product that by comes by killing animal <laughs> Swami ji when you eat vegetables or vegetables also have life so what's the difference <clears throat> a big difference and as much as an animal an animal is a much highly evolved creature than a plant or vegetable <clears throat> it is true that at the physical level we cannot observe total non-violence because the rule of the nature is one life form depends upon another life form therefore in order for us to be alive it is necessary that our food also must be alive <coughs> and thus yes plants and vegetables also have life but they are much less evolved than animals <coughs> in many cases we do not even destroy like fruits and some of the things we do not or their life span also is very short or they are meant only to be consumed but in any case as i said apart from scientific reasons that a vegetarian food is healthier set apart from that from the standpoint of non violence a vegetarian diet is much much less i mean was much less violence than a meat diet <coughs> which is also one of the important arguments in favor of vegetarian diet <coughs> in fact there is no reason why one should eat animals anyway there are plenty of <laughs> this friend of mine says that swami ji my father was in india in the second world war he was in calcutta at that time there was this famine in calcutta and people were dying of hunger and he says my father saw these cows walking around so why don't they eat them they are dying of hunger and these cows are moving out i said how many cows will you eat how many people there are in india and then what will you do how long will these cows last 
So people, they stay, they, they die of hunger, but they don't kill these animals. <coughs> it's a value. But this is a thought that arises in the mind of people, and when they see the animals, they think that it's all walking food, that's all. That's the only thought that occurs to them. Perhaps they don't have any soul, and I guess the scriptures teach that the world is meant for human consumption, and that we can consume as you want, whereas Hinduism teaches that the creation is a place of worship and not a place of consumption. <coughs> Non-violence also means you take the minimum. Minimizing our consumption at every level also is involved, non-violence involves minimizing our consumption at every level. Not only level of food, but every other level. Whether it's clothes, whatever we are consuming. Whether it's gasoline, it's fuel, electricity, paper, whatever, just sensitivity. <coughs> Avoiding waste, minimizing waste, reducing consumption, just being sensitive. People just take paper and throw away. There's no concern when you go to these, uh, these big stores, when you buy grocery, and they just take out one bag after the other. Soon before you realize, he has given 12 different plastic bags, fill up your, uh, which looks nice, but what an amount of waste. At our home also, we keep throwing away things with no regard. Water just keeps, you know, flowing, lights are burning, energy is wasted. Just a sensitivity <coughs> about everything, minimizing consumption. Swamiji is available in plenty, why worry about it? You are in America, don't worry. It's all right. But then, more we consume, less is available to other needy people. And why should we worry whether somebody else uses it or not? It will be used. Regardless of that, there is no point in wasting anything. <clears throat> so minimizing consumption at every level, including food. Wasting food, all of this. In the closet having 59 different kinds of pairs of clothes, 24 pairs of shoes, 5 cars, and all kinds of things. You know, it's a lot of waste. Simplifying our life, austerity, minimizing consumption. This is part of non-violence and we should be non-violent. Unfortunately, this economic system only promotes consumption because more you consume, more I think circulation is there and more production is there and so you are more prosperous. What is the big deal? You produce more and you consume more and you waste more. But ahimsa means even non-holding, holding, storing for, know, for six months and twelve months and years together. Nobody does that except human being. Nobody does this. Nobody kills unnecessarily in, in the nature. In nature there is never unnecessary violence. Animals, other creatures, they depend upon other life forms, but they consume only what they need and leave the rest to others. <coughs> so ahimsa, non-violence. This is the physical level. Of course, at the level of speech also we can hurt other people. And therefore, we talk about austerity of speech. So austerity not only at the physical level, 
oscillated the level of words also. Lord Krishna says, Anudvig Karam Vakyam may make sure that your words do not hurt anybody. <coughs> you speak that which is true and speak that also pleasantly and only if necessary. Austerity of words, as Sankarajari says, Naturatha Vakyam Samucharitam We will not utter a single stand- sentence or word which is unnecessary. <coughs> Even non-violence a level of thought Deliberate entertaining, hurting thoughts for somebody or wishing ill of somebody also is violence which takes place a level of mind. <coughs> so non-violence at the level of body, actions, at the level of speech, at the level of thought. <coughs> and a lot can be said, but here it's one of the values that is being said. In the 13th chapter also these values are told. <coughs> Ahimsa, Satyam. Satyam is truthfulness, speaking truth. A value of speaking truth. Because speaking untruth is violence. When I deprive somebody of their legitimate right, when I deprive somebody of their legitimate right, then I am violating their right. When I tell a lie, I am depriving somebody of the right to know the truth. The satyam, therefore truthfulness also is part of non-violence, <coughs> speaking truth. This satyam bruyat, priyam bruyat. This Pati says that we will speak truth, priyam bruyat, and we will speak truth in a pleasant manner. Important thing about speaking truth is that it should be spoken in a pleasant manner. <coughs> but Swamiji, truth is always bitter. Nabruyat Satyamapriyam. The truth is bitter. Better don't say that. You're not obliged to say truth. Some people think that it is their business to speak truth. Not necessary. You don't need to speak. That's all. If you speak, then speak truth. There is no obligation that you have to speak. <coughs> Satyam prihitam chayata. Lord Krishna says, speak only when necessary. If it serves the purpose, speak something when it serves the purpose. <coughs> and speak that in a pleasant manner. Swamiji, okay, that's what I do. I always speak what is pleasant. No. Priyanchanagatam bruyat. If it is pleasant, but it is untruth, don't speak that. We speak many things just to please other people which may not be right. That's also not right. Speak what is true and speak that in a pleasant manner. <coughs> if you value of speaking in a pleasant manner, then we will discover a way of doing it. If there is a value, that I want to speak truth in a pleasant manner. I am sure our mind will discover a way of doing it. <coughs> if you cannot discover a way of doing it, well, then speak only is absolutely necessary. <coughs> Sometimes it may be necessary for you to speak out what is truth, 
It is possible that it may not be liked by the one to whom you are speaking. It's possible. <coughs> but then we would ask ourselves whether is it necessary? Will it serve the purpose? Is it being spoken for a larger benefit? Or is it being spoken merely to hurt the other person? Is it being spoken merely to uh, vent my anger, vent my resentment? Very often our resentment is vented in the name of speaking truth. <clears throat> so we have to look at our own intention as to why am I speaking? Satyam Bruyat, Priyam Bruyat. May you speak truth? But speak that which is in a pleasant manner. Na bruyat satyam priyam. The truth is unpleasant. May you refrain from saying that. Priyanchananrutam bruyat. Just because it's pleasant, do not speak if it is not true, if it is false. Esha dharma sanatana. Manusmati says that this is sanatana dharma. This is the the eternal value. Ahimsa, Satyam, Akrodha. <coughs> Akrodha. A value for controlling anger. <coughs> Krodhasya, Upashamanam. When anger arises in our mind, resolving that anger, not allowing their anger to be expressed at the level of speech or the action. Anger may arise. Parayi akrashtasya When somebody shouts at you, says insulting words, there are occasions when you get angry. <coughs> somebody attacks you, aggressive behavior, hurting behavior, hurting words, insulting words. Anger rises in us. <clears throat> a value for not submitting myself to anger. A value for not submitting myself to anger. Meaning a deliberate attempt to diffuse the anger. <coughs> I see the anger is arising. First of all, we should know that anger always hurts. Anger is like fire. Fire burns at, it, at the source as well as it burns wherever fire, the object also it burns. So also anger first burns in the heart where it arises, also burns where it is expressed. Whether our anger will affect others or not, we do not know, but by allowing myself to be controlled by anger, I will certainly allow the anger to hurt me. <coughs> Therefore, there should be a value for diffusing the anger. Anger gives rise to some kind of a, a thrust, some kind of a force from within. And I'm forced to say things, forced to do things. I do not submit to that. That's called akrodha. 
Well, when the anger arises, diffuse the anger by the value of compassion, <coughs> kindness or compassion, tolerance. Anger arises because I'm intolerant. I cannot tolerate somebody's behavior. I cannot tolerate somebody's words. I sometimes cannot tolerate some people. To cannot tolerate. Intolerance that gives rise to anger. Therefore, deliberately cultivating tolerance. <coughs> the threshold of tolerance should be slowly and slowly enlarged. <coughs> this is called growth. The ability to be able to live with unpleasantness, live with the un undesirable things in life because that's how things are going to be. So Lord Ganesha has a big stomach, so huge ears. So he can hear anything, you tell him, and he'll digest it. When we hear something, it comes out from the mouth. He digests everything. <coughs> the ability to hear and digest it. <coughs> we have to cultivate that. That's called Diffusing the impulse of anger when it arises in our mind. By what we call Pratipaksha Bhavana, by deliberately assuming the opposite position. Anger arises because of intolerance. And I deliberately ask my mind to be tolerant. I remind myself, come on, tolerate. Oh. Anger arises because Because of disrespect or disregard for somebody else. Respect for others. Anger arises because of lack of compassion or, you know, gentleness, kindness towards others. Be kind, be compassionate. So as anger arises in my mind, I immediately tell my mind, mind, come on, be kind, be tolerant, be kind. Be compassionate, be forgiving, be large-hearted. I keep telling myself. Still the anger may arise and do its job. But every time I see the anger arising, I do this. I keep suggesting, suggesting to my mind. Once, twice, ten times, hundred times, maybe thousand times, I don't know. But then the time will come when I will notice the anger arising and I'll be successful in diffusing the anger. Akrodha, a value for not expressing the anger through the speech or action, even at the mind level also. Sometimes in the mind we plan for somebody else's uh, <coughs> downfall or suffering. There also is the anger at the level of mind, speech, actions, all of this must be diffused. Akrodha. Tyagaha. Tyaga means renunciation. A spirit of renunciation must be there in our life. 
you don't have to be renunciates for entertaining spirit of renunciation. Renunciation means a value for giving up attachment and aversion, a value for giving up demands. <clears throat> By the way, anger also arises because of demands. That I am a very demanding person. I have prescription for everybody else as to how they should conduct themselves. I want the whole world to conduct itself to suit me. Unfortunately, the world wants me to do the same thing. That's where the clashes come. <clears throat> but accepting the world as it is, respecting the world as it is, respecting others as they are. But Swamiji, look at his behavior, respect it. Give them the freedom. Let them be what they are. As long as they don't affect you, you don't have to worry about it. If they affect you, then you see what you can do. Then also, do not hate them. Away from freedom from resentment, hatred. <coughs> Recognize that a person did not have the benefit of the culture, of proper upbringing. That is why the behavior is like this. That's why he's not a cultured person. Have sympathy for their shortcomings. Akrodha, Tyagha, renunciation, renunciation of attachment, renunciation of demand, renunciation of attachment. Apaishunam. No, Tyagaha, Shantihi. Shantihi means tranquility of the mind. A value for tranquility of the mind. What makes the mind ashanta, restless or agitated? What creates agitation of the mind? Any of these, what we call demoniac thought, will create agitation of mind. So whenever the mind becomes agitated, to quieten the mind by what we call pratipaksha bhavana. Everything can be looked upon from different standpoints. When I look at a person or a thing or a situation from a given standpoint, it may give rise to some agitation in terms of anger, etc., or resentment, or attachment and aversion. Deliberately taking up the opposite point of view. For example, if I'm angry because somebody has offended me, I deliberately remind my mind of how that person also had helped me. <coughs> Usually everything is both, virtues and vices, guna and dosha. They are present everywhere. There is nothing in the world that is free from virtue and perhaps nothing in the world that is free from some defects also. So we are looking at only the, the virtues and attachment arises, then I remind my mind of all the defects 
or the disadvantages which are also there so that the mind will be objective and not not fall for attachment sometimes by looking at the the, the deficiencies the defects a resentment arises an aversion arises at that time I make my mind deliberately look for the virtues <coughs> just as a rose comes with thorns so also the virtues and vices come together like two sides of a coin so whenever my mind gets excited because of a sudden thought because of a sudden outlook I make my mind deliberately take the opposite outlook so that the agitation that arises in the mind gets diffused <coughs> that's important so this is the the peace of mind the tranquility of the mind by making the mind free from Raga Dveshas attachments and aversions <coughs> Apaishunam, absence of calumny. <coughs> the habit of backbiting. Paishunam, habit of backbiting. Or habit of talking at the back, yes, backbiting. <coughs> or exposing the defects or shortcomings of others before other people, you know, gossiping, exposing deliberately some other person's shortcomings before a third person. That is Paishuram. This is a common habit that human beings have. We seem to get some vicarious joy. Why do people talk about the uh, the negative aspect of other people. Why? There seems some kind of a vicarious joy. There seems to be some kind of a vicarious satisfaction that I'm not the only one. They are also like me. They are worse than me. <clears throat> so this habit of always emphasizing the negative aspects of others and nobody is free from that. More or less. And so nobody is free from that way. You can criticize anybody. But this habit of exposing the defects of one before the other is a wrong habit. Apaishanam. One should, or backbiting, one should stay away from that. <coughs> also, we can deliberately, we can cultivate to deliberately see the virtues of others. Recognizing that everywhere the negative things are going to be there. Our Swami says, we can learn two things from others. For some people, we learn what to do. For some others, we learn what not to do. So learn. From some, we learn what to do. Some others learn what not to do. Leave them what they are. 
And we ask ourselves, what is the reason why I am saying these things? Why am I talking about some other person's negative things? Am I seeking to solve some problem? Is it going to help that person? About whom I am talking? Help this person to whom I am talking? Help me who is talking? You know, help somebody? Or is it just a pastime? <clears throat> or some kind of a satisfaction of knowing that other people have all these defects and negativities. I don't know what satisfaction we get. There is a satisfaction in shortening the line of other person. So rather than making my line longer, I think it's easier to shorten somebody else's line. And that's what brings about this gossiping, backbiting, <coughs> exposing the negativities or shortcomings of one before the other. Apaishunam, <laughs> therefore, one should stay away from this. It shows perhaps a, a, a void in my own mind, a boredom in my own mind, and then what a way of getting some kind of a rasa or some kind of a pleasure, a very destructive way of getting the pleasure. <coughs> Daya Bhuteshu, compassion for living beings, also a value. Compassion for living beings. Not only a value for not hurting others, but a value for helping others. Krapa Daya Bhuteshu, Dukhideshu, to those who are in distress. A compassion for those who are in distress. A compassion for those who are suffering. A compassion for those who are needy. Recognizing that there are countless people who are not as blessed as we are, who do not have the kind of advantages that we have. <coughs> A compassion for them. There is a prayer by Shankaracharya which says, Avinayam apanaya vishnu, damaya manaha, samaya visham mrigatrushnam, bhutadayam vistare. Oh Lord, please help me to expand, to enlarge my heart so that I have daya or compassion for all the beings. <coughs> A sensitivity <coughs> for the distress and suffering of others. And do what you can do. Sometimes that sensitivity may only result in prayer. That much we can do. Sometimes we may not be able to directly help that person or that situation. But still, a sensitivity and a prayer. Daya bhuteshu aloluptvam aloluptvam Absence of ardent longing. This longing for sense pleasure, the sense organs have these impulses or urges for sense gratification. 
we have a natural urge for gratification of senses. <coughs> At every level of sense we want pleasurable objects. And so he says, Aloluptam, freedom from this strong urge for sense gratification. Controlling the urge was sense gratification. Ultimately discovering a control was came earlier in Dhamma. Ultimately achieving a condition where my sense organs and mind are free from any kind of longing of sense pleasure. All of this comes when we bring about an inner growth, when we bring about an inner purification. As we follow these values, we attain an inner purification. And the immediate reward of following values is an inner satisfaction. <coughs> More satisfied we are with ourselves, less is the longing for the sense pleasure or sense gratification. More we are satisfied with ourselves, content with ourselves, less is the urge for gratification. <coughs> so value for becoming free from the urge for sense gratification. Mardavam, gentleness, Mruduta, <coughs> akrauryam, absence of cruelty, gentleness or absence of cruelty. Sometimes we become very cruel when again out of intolerance. <coughs> We punish other people, we retaliate towards them, we punish them. We use our power very often to punish or hurt other people rather than protect them. So value for Mahadvam, gentleness. Gentleness in thought, gentleness in word, gentleness in deed. Being a gentle person, not an angry person, not an aggressive person, not a cruel person, but a gentle person. <coughs> Swamiji, if I am gentle, you know what will the world do to me? This world is like a jungle. Everybody is out to get everybody else. In jungle, this deer and other animals are gentle animals, always attacked by the predators. Swamiji, when you follow these values, you know, People take advantage of us. They take us for granted. They think this fellow is good for nothing. <clears throat> that is a fear which is entertained by many people. Will they not take me for granted, Swamiji? Will they not take advantage of me? Will not they think that I'm, I'm just too weak? Not really. None of these values can be actually practiced by a weak-minded person. <clears throat> Each of these values requires strength of heart. 
you are a gentle person, not out of weakness. <coughs> not because you cannot retaliate, but because you value for not retaliating. You value for lack of cruelty. That gives an inner strength. Each of the values gives us an inner strength. And people respect strength. <coughs> they take advantage of a weakness, not of a gentleness. They take advantage of weakness. Even elephant also is a gentle animal, but not a weak animal. <laughs> so you can be strong. Strong, not in terms of physical strength or in terms of uh, attacking others. <coughs> You can be strong in terms of your resolves, strong in terms of tolerance, strong in terms of compassion. That's a great strength. It is out of the strength that we become gentle. So compassion, gentleness, all of these indicate inner strength. And people always, the world respects strength. When we find that, we become objects of aggression by others, it means that they find some weaknesses which they want to take advantage of. So being gentle does not mean that you become the object of people's aggression, not necessarily. <clears throat> you can be gentle, you can be firm, you can draw the boundaries, and not allow others to hurt you. That you can always do. <coughs> so, Mayadavam Khrihi, modesty is also a value. <coughs> In Sanskrit, it's called Lajja or modesty. When somebody is praising me in my own presence, then I feel a sense of lajja. Not a sense of shame, but modesty. I feel hesitant. I'm not comfortable. Because I know that I don't, that this praise that is showered on me, I cannot take the authorship of that praise. I know what I am. And I know Whatever is praiseworthy is in me, whatever it is, is because of grace, is because of help, is all a gift given to me. <clears throat> is it not so? If you are an intelligent person, that's a gift given to you. If you are aesthetic sense, artistic, you are an accomplished person in some way or the other, <clears throat> that is a gift given to us. And it is not right that I take the credit and feel proud of gift which is given to me. <coughs> what should that, or there should be some modesty. So modesty is a great value which arises from recognizing the realities of my accomplishments. When I recognize how the accomplishments are all gifts. That's all grace. Then I become a modest person. <clears throat> it's the opposite of 
pride or arrogance, modesty. Also, the mind feels lajja, feels sense of shame whenever it is about to do something which is unbecoming of me. Sometimes there may be an urge to do something which is unbecoming of me, which is in violation of my values, which is not right for me. At that time, this feeling of lajja or shame arises in me and prevents me from doing that. So that urge which prevents me from doing anything that is unbecoming of me also is called Hrihi Lajja. <coughs> Achapalam, absence of physical agitation. <coughs> Chapalam, restlessness at the level of body, hands, legs, body, you know, the restlessness of the mind. <coughs> gets expressed in the restlessness of the body. Sometimes you don't even know. Sitting there, keep shaking your legs. and it, We don't even know. People are not even aware. <coughs> Unnecessary movements at the level of body. Unnecessary talking. All of this is restlessness or agitation. So, a chapalam, a value for absence of staying away from restlessness at the physical level. <laughs> Meaning, being alert and observant of myself and my organs of action and see whether all of them are in discipline. They are disciplined. There is no unnecessary movement. <clears throat> see, that will also help me to control my mind. Because it is restless of the mind that shows up as restlessness of the body. By controlling the restlessness of the body, I can also control my mind. By controlling my speech also, I can control the mind. <coughs> A value or chapalam, absence of restlessness or agitation at the level of body. Tejaha, brilliance, is also a value, cultivating brilliance of the mind, brilliance of intellect. Meaning ability to make one's point, ability to be able to argue in favor of one's opinion, and ability to refute the opponent, ability to establish my point and refute the point of the opponent. That also is necessary. Very often discussions arise, debates arise, <coughs> and people, if you are not very clear, not very sure, not very bright, then people can convince us very easily. <coughs> After listening to so many days of Vedanta, we go out with conviction and in five minutes somebody can change my conviction. What did your Swamiji say that? He said this, what are you talking about? And he can present some set of arguments in five minutes. My conviction is gone because I do not either have the arguments to prove myself right or prove himself wrong. Sometimes I don't even have 
enough intelligence to recognize what is right and what is wrong and what other people are saying. Everything is right. So I mean that also is right. It's also a great confusion. So very often people read lots of books and listen to lots of speakers and greater confusion because the ability to separate the chaff from the grain must be there. When you listen to somebody who reads something, we should have the ability to separate the chaff from the grain. What should be taken? What should not be taken? That kind of the, uh, the capacity of the mind or the brilliance of the mind should be there. Therefore, <coughs> the brilliance also is value. Tejaha, Kshama, Dhritihi, Shaucham, the rest of the things we'll can complete tomorrow. <coughs> Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Pyo Namah Hari Om